Welcome to another Youth-Centered Podcast. I'm extremely excited to have our guest today, uh, the one and only Lester Rugg. Uh, we know Lester as uh, a senior citizen who actually comes in, is part of the walking group here at the Youth Center. That's how we first met him. And he is a guy that walks through the door with a great smile every day. And I know everybody here at the Youth Center uh, loves to see Lester. And we're actually titling this one today with Lester, Enthusiasm for Life. So first of all, Lester, thanks for coming on the Youth Centered Podcast. <laughs> I'm well, well aware of what, what you know you have is uh, uh, implication of what I can offer. Um, more than anything, I think probably you asked, uh, you know, where did I come from? Yeah, if you could give us a little bit of a bio. Who I'll is be, Lester Rudd? I'll be happy to do that. I was born in Los Angeles in what was called the Barrio, which uh, is East Los Angeles. It's where the Poles, the, uh, the uh, uh, Latino community uh, is now, uh, where uh, we had a Jewish community as well. It was a, uh, a melting pot, not a far different from, say, Lawrence in some ways. Sure. I, um, I grew up, though, in um, the hinterland, uh, in, inland, where what was once known as the Virginia Dare Winery, the largest winery in the world in those days. Wow. So I was part of a farm community as well as a city, um, city boy as well. So I've, I had a cross-section of things that have been done. I know you asked me, you know, what... You know what have uh, you know what have I done in the way of uh, you know life's experiences here? Uh, I've done a lot of stuff. That I I'm, I'm going. I don't want to feel like I'm crowing or anything like no, that. No, we want we want you to tell it. This is yeah, one of the yeah, reasons well, we brought you on. So it's a it's it's a strange one, and uh, um, um, I'll I'll try to formulate you know some concept that's something of my philosophy as much as anything else. I, I like to feel like, you know, there's a joy to life. And um, in part, it's also a respect for other individuals. And somewhere or another, if I walk through the door, I feel like I want to convey that feeling of a smile, hail fellow, well met. And um, if I do this, um, it's not, you know, it's not a th thing about, well, I'm here and, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on stage and I'm going to be do doing all these things. I just want a feeling of warmth that people are, you know, accept me and I accept them in the same regard. Just a respect for the individual. And I guess that's covered my entire life in a way. You may want to ask some other questions. Yeah, let's start with, so you were born in Los Angeles. Talk a little bit about uh, Lester uh, College, post-college, some of your first work experiences. I spent half of my life, I think, in the educational environment. I, I, I loved college. I really did. I, you know, I was just a, an average student in, uh, in high school. My mother did insist that, you know, um, let's let's do a college preparatory uh, uh, program because you know I would like to see you you know go further. Uh, I always had an interest in art 
and uh, I would doodle little things. <laughs> sure. And at, at any rate, um, that was that was one of my um, you know earlier directions as far as studies were concerned. I um, I w went to uh, junior college initially because in some ways even then, um, you know, college was kind of uh, financially a, you know, a, a real issue. Sure, a stretch, so, yeah. yeah. So my strategy was we cut my costs where possible. And um, so um, I um, attended uh, uh, Tavey High, High School, which had a, a junior college on the campus so it was an easy transition yeah. to, to make. It wasn't like I had to travel uh, miles to, to get anywhere initially. Um, that, you know, that in itself was I'm, uh, part of an experience of the farm boy and part of you know, the uh, smarts of a city fellow. Anyway, um, I, um, I, I majored in art and um, minored in um, education, actually, because I, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I, um, I thought in the back of my mind, uh, I might you know, uh, eventually go into education because uh, later I, I transferred to um, um, Cal State LA, which was a teaching uh, institution, not a far different from say Lowell, Lowell's uh, program sure. a long time ago. So anyway, um, here I am. Uh, can't seem to get out of school because I enjoyed just, uh, you know, the, the, the fun, the laughter, the, uh, the seriousness of the moment. I wasn't an exceptional student by any means, but, you know, I kept my grades up and yeah, I just kept working from there. Um, Along came the uh, Korean War, and I um, naturally was elected to uh, serve in some capacity, which I did. And um, um, I served in the Army, uh, worked with a Corps of Engineers, and um, didn't go overseas, actually. Um, I had a lot of friends of mine that did, some didn't return for sure. that matter. But that's you know that that's life, and it's kind of like you get in a car and you're not sure it could happen to anyone anywhere. Absolutely. And in this instance, um, that was a that was a good experience for me there because it landed itself to uh, oh other things that I did later. You know the thing about it is I've done so many stuff of various yeah. sorts here, and uh, it isn't a matter of you know, crowing or anything else. It's just part of life's experience. Sure. If I'm chattering away like crazy, let me stop yeah. for a minute and give me a couple directions. Yeah. To so let me let me ask you a question off the line. You um, I just found out you know, your wife. Uh, I've never met your wife because I see you, um, you know, you come to the youth center and the walking club by yourself and I've seen we you on the TV. We should have had her come down and join we us. We should. So I want to talk a little bit about that, that you told me off the record uh, when you met the love of your life and your best friend, uh, and you're still married to this day. Um, one of our high school kids asked this question, you know, what's the secret of a long marriage? So talk a little bit about your wife and and the fact that uh, yeah. to this day, you're 89 years old and you're still together. Talk a little bit about that. 
Well, <laughs> I'm not quite together these days. I got down on the ground, you know, and I'm going, it's a little hard for me to get up now. <laughs> Things that I used to be able to do and take for granted I could do, um, they're physically not the same. Sure. Life, you know, life changes as you progress through, uh, you know, the first part of your life, your middle age uh, as well, and advanced age. More than anything else, though, I remember a professor asking, you know, what is the secret to, uh, you know, success? And it's a life that is good to lead. Mm. And that stuck with me, you know, at the time. I didn't quite understand it at all. But somewhere or another, I tell you, <laughs> it's, it's been the ba you know, it's backbone of uh, my existence. And I've tried uh, initially to uh, examine things along those lines. Um, one of the things that um, I, I think that all of us should be, uh, you know, uh, conscious of, life is slowly fleeting. Make the most of it when you can, because there's going to come a time when it's not so easy to do. Sure, sure. So this this love of your life you met, you said she was from Methuen? Uh, she is. <laughs> and uh, how did you guys meet? Well, it's my second marriage, truthfully. Okay. I mar married a firebrand, um, and uh, well, there was some dissension. Uh, she was a good soul, too, as well. She sure. just recently passed away. Um, she was 93 years old. She was wow. a little older than I at, at the time. And... Uh, um, I um, met my wife initially when I was overseas working with a military program. Mm. Um, I'm jumping around. I'm That's all right. Go, yeah. go right ahead. Yeah, but um, I I wanted to I wanted to travel, and initially I saw an announcement in. Um, one of our mag uh, magazines, because I, I was an art major. I majored in arts and crafts and sure. uh, uh, a number of things there. Um, the, uh, the thing was they wanted volunteers to, uh, you know, to uh, work with a military program in recreation. So this was with the, uh, the DOD, the Department of Defense, and um, it was a uh, army recreation program, special services all over the world. Mm. And I uh, devoted about six years to this as well, you know, undertaking um, uh, training with them. Um, as a, uh, a crafts director, I was responsible for a number of people and a number of installations. My prior military experience had a lot to do with making it a success for me. Probably one of my, uh, you know, my major things. But I'm getting uh, away from what we were was the original question. Yeah, let's what talk about that lovely life. life. Yes, <laughs> I had a good friend that said, "I want you to meet the Boston Bean. I'm going to have a bean party, and I want you to, you know, uh, come down from. Uh, I was stationed in Bavaria." At that at that time, and uh, before that, I was stationed in France. I should keep things in some sort of order here. <laughs> at any rate, uh, not jump around too much. Um, 
So I attended this party and this young lady came up the stairs and I was enraptured with this girl from the day that I met her. And she was never really completely out of my mind by any means there. She, uh, she taught for the um, um, American Dependent Schools, uh, which um, is all, you know, it's all over the world in a sense, and another avenue for people to uh, consider. Um, it was a great experience for her. She, uh, she was a small town girl uh, and uh, uh, from Lebanese background and why do you want to go to, you know, to, to Europe? You should be right here. So <laughs> anyway, she, she wanted to break away from the mold and that's how she uh, became a, you know, a part of this other existence here. She also um, um, broke away and uh, came back to the United States and so that was my initial experience with long distance relationships. I continued writing to her and things there. Um, I was really taken by this uh, girl to say the least. And she, uh, um, she has written, uh, works with a, uh, a, a program of um, memoirs. A group of la uh, elderly ladies get together and they combine their experiences. Um, and each of them write a chapter each week and present it to the rest of them in a discussion and things like this. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we're, we're, we're still active. And she literally has been uh, we're, you know, working on the chronological order of our lives as, as we you know, experienced it. It's a love story, to say the least. Absolutely. And um, different people have... So maybe at another time, if people are interested, we can invite her to join us and ask, how did you meet Lester? I definitely will. Let me ask you, how many years have you been married? Uh, going on 11 years now. 11 years now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As your second marriage. Second wow. marriage. Yeah. Awesome. Let me get to a few other questions. Sure. So I do want to let our listeners know our questions for Lester came from our kids and our staff and they had a real interest in hearing from someone as experienced as Lester in life and that's where these questions came from. So um, what was the most influential moment of your life? As you recap now almost 89 years is there one influential moment or are there numbers? Can you give us a little insight on that? <laughs> You'll love this. Initially, I was an electrician's apprentice and I worked on a, um, um, a construction site, which was the San Fernando um, High School in Los Angeles. And uh, um, a electrical panel slipped out of my, you know, these are big things there. Sure. Slam down on my toe. <laughs> that was the end of that particular avenue. <laughs> and so um, my, my, my poor father, you know, he, he, he really wanted me to follow in his footsteps, footsteps there because he had been an electrician all his life and oh. uh, he had a very colorful life too as well. And um, uh, so at any rate, that 
you know, that took care of that part. And that sent now you in a I've different direction. I've lost my th uh, thread. So if you would repeat the question. Well, just uh, were there, what were some of the influential moments in your life? So obviously dropping an electrical planet, panel on your toe uh, ended your career of being in the electrical field. But what were some maybe, you know, over your years, some moments that maybe happened that were extremely influential to your life? You know, surprisingly enough, the military had a real impact upon me. And um, I, um, I think it helped to formulate some direction to my life as well. Mm. And um, how yeah. many years total in, in the military? Two years. Two years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, two years active, and what a total of seven years altogether. Okay. And uh, of course, if you if you think about my, I always think of my second tour when I. Worked for the Department of Defense. Defense, correct. And I, yeah, I put about six years in with them too, as well. And uh, um, at any rate, uh, like you had asked earlier, you know, how, what was your job history or whatever? I did a lot of stuff. That's yeah, the only way you I actually told me there. offline that in in preparing for this, you really kind of sat down and said, wow, I've done a lot of different things. Let me ask you this question. This came from another one of our high school kids. Um, as you look back at your life right now, who who were your biggest mentors in growing up? You know, I, 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 I thought about that for a moment. I hope my voice is not fading. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, I had a, um, um, a high school... Um, teacher he taught English and um, um, I was uh, we, we would meet sometimes at lunchtime and um, share because he was the uh, uh, what was it um, he was the sponsor for the local chess club in those days I used to play chess sure 30 minutes and out <laughs> never never quite got a real mastery of it by by any means but we were talking afterwards and I said you know I said I'll never go to college and he looked at me straight in the eye and he said you have the capability of doing it and that in itself probably was the greatest encouragement of all because he believed in you he believed in me yeah and uh, even though I was just an average student sure but I had the capability of, you know, of doing more. Um, I was always curious about a lot of things. I, you know, uh, I, I, lo I love to read, and uh, if you can believe this, you know, I uh, tried reading the uh, tale of the Arabian Nights when I was in the third grade. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, um, well, some people wouldn't be familiar with this but uh, at any rate I was always curious about um, just various aspects of history and uh, travel and um, um, just you know just just things in general I was uh, you know I was curious I guess that that was part of it there but you know this this thing about I'll never be able to go to college I think that in itself gave gave me um, a feeling that well, it is possible. Yeah, it is attainable. It, it's the and power of belief, right? And yeah, this person it, believed it in really you. Yeah, it really is there. And I went on from there. 
in uh, I went to uh, junior college uh, in East Los Angeles, and uh, I I couldn't get away, so I I ended up I was there for three years. It's like I was a perennial student. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it I think it was my security blanket in truth. Sure. Um, uh, looking back and looking at some of the pictures in the yearbook and what have you, I was a fun lover. <laughs> had a good time, to say the least. But we had a uh, an individual. Um, he was head of the art department. Um, his background was uh, medical illustrator, mm. and uh, and then there were a couple a couple others as well that um, also, uh, you know, gave me, you know, some direction as far as, um, uh, you know, just accumulation of uh, um, experience. And um, I, uh, I, you know, looking back, they kept pushing me somewhere or another. And, you know, you should, you know, you should go on. And so I, uh, I transferred from there to um, um, Cal State LA, sure. which I graduated from. Uh, and um, the, um, I majored in um, art and um, um, also joined a fraternity in those days. Mm-hmm. It was a social order of things. Sure. And uh, couldn't get away from there either. I put in extra time. I think my biggest problem was I was just a perennial student. It was my security blanket. Absolutely. And I did lots of little odd jobs. I must have worked for at least four or five different library um, uh, programs throughout the city and and adjacent areas there to supplement my income. And and then I also worked on campus, too. You'll love this. I was parking cars at night. (laughs) There you go. Let me switch up gears a little bit. Um, another person asked this question here. If we interviewed Lester's friends, how would they describe you? I think probably um, outgoing and um, uh, warm-hearted and a good word for everyone. I think that's probably the closest description in my eyes, at any rate, that doesn't mean theirs would be the same way. He's a son of gun. He's no good. He's whatever. I hope that's not the case because well, we uh, see that every yeah. day when you come into the youth center, you have that 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 just great attitude. It could be raining out, it could be snowing out, and you're always saying hello and wishing everybody a good day. Um, one of our high school kids wants to know: Do do you or did you have a bucket list? I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I think what was it? My bucket list was initially was um, to uh, be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the other was um, um, uh, you know a direction to my uh, my efforts in achieving achieving this. So uh, one of the things involved uh, was that. Uh, uh, work with no play is no fun at all either and yet you know these are things that you need to do and I uh, I have to say that you know during uh, during my college days I uh, I went to a, a teacher a teaching program uh, more than anything else so naturally I'm going to become a teacher mm-hmm. 
and um, I, uh, I went through the, uh, the program in, in uh, California. It was uh, an extensive one. And um, so uh, the preparation was, was uh, something that uh, uh, took special care because they were concerned about the quality of education in those days. Things have changed a little bit since then because politics seems to have entered into uh, our form of education here. Not that I want to get on a soapbox and sure. talk one way or the other about this, but at any rate, um, that was the direction that I pursued. And um, I... Um, it did many other things too as well. <laughs> sure. You told me today that, uh, and I didn't have you for, you say you're almost 89. I, I didn't peg you for 89. You, you have such a, a vibrant life about you and everything else. Uh, one of our high school kids wanted to know, uh, and you joked about this. We said, we'll see you Thursday for the podcast. And you said to me and Demi, you said, God willing, I'll be here. Um, and at 89 years old, what would you like to do for the rest of your days? What are some of the things you'd like to still maybe accomplish at your age? Early in my life, I, you know, I was a practicing artist. I, I worked in oil, I worked in uh, pastels, um, I worked in pencil, and um, um, I even taught the subject uh, in the evening division of a couple of the colleges. And uh, Somewhere or another, I think even at 89, I might be like an artist that was called Grandma Moses, mm -hmm. and she didn't start painting until she was uh, in her 80s, I think. Really? Close. Okay. Um, maybe in her 70s. My, uh, my mother, surprisingly enough, didn't start painting until uh, in oil until she was you know, 72, I believe, wow. something like that. She became, you know, very accomplished in her own way. Not, you know, not a, an exceptional artist by any means, but we um, uh, we have people that prize her work very much. And I think I might still want to go back because I haven't done anything in this area for over 20 years. Wow. I mean, just can't, because life had too many other things that I wanted to examine. Sure. Honest to God, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's like uh, I'm pulled in so many directions there and um, I still have an interest in life. And I guess this goes back to my professor that said, you know, what is important? It's a life that is good to lead. Great words. Let me ask you something. Um, we, when we invited you on to the podcast and you were pretty much humbled, basically saying, you know, why would you want me? And we were looking for some words of wisdom from you. And you, you're, you said, I don't know if I can do that. Hopefully I can give something that people can take from. So a number of our kids want to know a little bit of advice. If you could do it all over, this will be like three-part questions. So I'll take it one step at a time. What would you say... It's been a long time since you were a teenager, but what would you say, a little advice to teenagers these days, kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old that are maybe struggling figuring out who they are, or maybe they haven't had that mentor yet that believes in them. What would your be advice to teenagers? I, I would pose that question uh, as well, you know, and I, and I had an exchange with my wife last night 
in regards to this. We came up together with um, probably the sagest advice of all, and that is um, don't just jump into a decision without thinking about what the consequences can be. Mm. And, and I looked back and I thought, that's what I'd like to be able to convey is probably one of the most important things to uh, examine in one's life at any rate. Uh, just discipline yourself not to just jump into things uh, without measuring what the consequences are going to be. So that's, that was very, very good advice. How about to the people that are in the part of their life where now they're married, raising kids, uh, working on their marriage? Um, what, would you, what would be your advice to those people, maybe in their 30s right now, with young kids that you know, are involved and it's life is stress, work, raising kids or whatever? What would be your advice to some of those people? Well, in my case, I start with a cup of coffee for my wife first thing in the morning. We've That's been doing that ever since we've been married. And uh, um, that that's a starter. But more than anything else, I, I think it's a matter of trust that's most important. And, you know, um, my wife gives this advice to many young people, and that is, you know, look for an individual that, you know, literally thinks more of you than themselves and it's true i think the success of our marriage at any rate has been this exchange um it's sort of a give and take thing there it has to be mutual respect and um if you don't really respect that other person there um it um it really is seeds for destruction. In my case, I, um, I put my wife on a pedestal and I can't do enough for her. And it's like saying, before I think of myself, I think of her. And uh, um, it's worked out well for us. Incredible. Now let me have you give the advice to people that are now you know, heading into being senior citizens themselves now. They've raised kids. Maybe, maybe they're still with their wife. Maybe their wife or, or their husband has passed away. Um, and they're almost feeling at a little bit of a loss of where they are in the community, maybe heading towards retirement. What would you say to those people that you've kind of lived through that? And how do you keep, what's your advice to them on keeping the upbeat attitude that Lester Rugg has? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that adequately, but I have to say this. You know, when you're working, you have identity. The toughest thing of all is when you retire because all of a sudden it's, you know, you've lost that, you know, that concept. You have to fill it with something else there. In my case, um, I became interested in, uh, you know, senior activities and, um, uh, it's become my club, so to speak. Sure. Some people play golf, and that's their their club. Some people play bridge, and that's theirs. Um, in this instance, um, I found a niche somewhere or another um, that you know fulfills things within myself, and um, 
I'm, yeah, I, I don't think of myself as being, you know, super good at anything necessarily, but I have a smattering of knowledge about just about any aspect of it that you might uh, consider. Anyway, that's, that's my role and, and that's, that's my feeling. The biggest thing of all is we have um, individuals within any community that they're shut-ins or whatever. They, uh, they don't know what to do with themselves. They really don't. And this is a one for seniors. This is a wonderful avenue for uh, you know re-examining your life and channeling things into another direction that you hadn't even possibly considered before. That's why I feel like um, the senior programs are so very very important, and why I've been a yeah. They, I mean, everyone, Irene and her staff, do such an amazing job down at the center, and and you take ad advantage of a lot of that. What people might not know is you're a little pretty famous. You got your own TV show down at cable television. Uh, can you tell our listeners what that show's all about? <laughs> I can do better than that. Initially, it's kind of like the personality that we've been examining here. Many years ago, it was uh, you know. Um, one of the assistant directors asked, uh, you know, uh, we'd like to put on a show and um, um, we wonder if you might be able to uh, uh, narrate a, a Christmas program for us uh, that, you know, will um, appear on, um, on what's called the local television program, CAM. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I uh, initially, oh, I can't do that. And then I, in retrospect, you stood before students and you conveyed something to, in those days was a blackboard, and you expounded upon the things that they were studying. You should be able to do this too as well. And that was my initial um, um, interest in taking this particular uh, direction there. So um, I've enjoyed every aspect of it. And in some ways, um, it's been another form of creativity. And I've enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, and you've done a great job with that. Lester, we've got time for about two more questions. Um, as you said, you're coming up on your 89th birthday. Um, you've seen a lot in this life. Um, you talked about serving in the Korean War. You were alive, obviously, during World War II and prior to World War II. You lived through the 60s and the 70s, and uh, obviously as we headed into this new millennium. As you see the, the world through 89 years of eyes, um, are you optimistic for the future? Are you worried about us as people in the future? Where do you, where, what's your take on that? I feel like we're surrounded. We've, we've had too many wars. Sure. We have too many weapons around, and uh, we have too much violence that is accumulated. Um, I came from a background uh, that had a uh, church-oriented society there, and uh, this was part of my background. I've watched around, and there's a growing dissension between um, peoples in general, whether mm -hmm. people of color or, um, you know, um, 
people of religious background. And it's a, it's a growing, um, what do you call it? I guess it, it's, it's, it's in waves there somewhere. It's coloring our society. It, it's, it's really, it's a, it's, it's a real growing distressful experience for me to see people that become more and more selfish, more and more concerned about their own needs uh, more and more materialistic and um, I didn't come from that background myself um, I always felt like um, there is a need for my participation and encouragement for others um, some somewhere or another um, this is a path that, that bothers me because it's like the clouds on the horizon um, they're there and they become very ominous and, and it can be uh, in our political society today uh, it can be the destruction of our form of life i don't mean to be a crepe hanger or anything no like i mean i think people want to hear this i mean i don't think we put enough time into listening to people that have seen it all and you've seen it all in many ways and uh Obviously, I hear from you that you're concerned of where we are right now. Do you have hope that we can turn it around? You know, <laughs> man is a resilient creature. <laughs> it's amazing. He's been around as long as we have. We've had wars as well. But now we're perfecting it to a point where uh, we can annihilate ourselves as a species. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I can only hope that uh, you know there's a measurement for all of our lives that are governed by the concept that i said a life that is good to lead well said we're going to give you the final word this is what we give to all of our guests um you know we you're very humble when we asked you you know, to kind of give us some life tidbits and some life lessons. But I really would like you to take the final word, take as much time as you need um, to our listeners. And our listeners will be people of all ages. It'll be teenagers. It'll be young parents, older parents, senior citizens. I know a lot of people down at the town hall are dying to hear this. What would be Lester's final word to our listeners about a life well lived? Well... I have to give that some thought, too, as well. But more than anything else, I think for young people, um, um, you know, there are two things that probably um, need, need to be measured. One of them is a personal one. Um, you know, um, think before you... And, and you know, you just jump into something there. You know, think about what the implications can be, uh, not just what the immediate joy might be of the moment there. You have some, some responsibility to yourself as an individual, and I think that this is this is probably one of the things. And the other one is social media has become a dominant factor in our, our young people's lives. Mm -hmm. In fact, it, it's growing one for everyone, I think. It can't be without a, a smartphone these days. Anyway, um, it's another form of communication. Um, we've 
kind of lost some of the ability to be able to, um, you know, talk to people on a one-to-one -one basis. Uh, myself, I, I think the thing that is a measure of, for all of us to consider, consider the other individual. You know, um, the, uh, the thing about it is so often, especially with, you know, social media, uh, what are the implications? You know, when you put something down, it's it's down there for life. Sure. It, it doesn't doesn't hide by any means. Um, you have a responsibility to other individuals. You know, uh, if if you think about it, um, uh, we're here on this earth to serve others as well as ourselves. And in my estimation. I I feel like you know these are the two things that uh, that should you know would serve us well. Let's put it that way, and I hope those are the sage advice uh, advices that will measure well for young people to strive for. Well, very well said, Lester. And this is why we wanted you to come on. I know that this was challenging you for you, uh, and I'm glad you did come on. Uh, you had some great advice for, for all people on this. And this is a podcast that I know a lot of people are going to take a lot of good things. So first of all, I want to thank you for coming on our Youth Centered Podcast. Uh, we may have to do a follow-up of this and bring you the love <laughs> of your life in here also. And we can talk to her a little bit about you know, her, her thing with the memoirs and stuff I found pretty cool. So My wife spent 34 years in education. Um, a, a really wonderful individual. And I, I, I would love her to come on and, and chat a little bit there. Um, she, uh, she probably would be very shy about this, but at any rate, I... I, I feel like for myself, uh, this was kind of an, uh, a creative moment, something else I had never done by yeah. any means. And uh, um, I, I just felt like, well, got to do it. And I'm, well, thank you for just extending the invitation. Absolutely. And it was great. Uh, this wraps up our podcast. I want to thank Lester Rugg for coming in. I want Lester to continue to make us smile every day at the youth center when he comes in, always has a kind word for everybody, always has a little bit of wisdom that he passes on, even though he doesn't even really do it. Um, as we all age and we all will, um, I just hope that I can, uh, have the same effect on people that Lester does. So again, Lester, thanks for coming on. Uh, and as we end up every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion.